Hold on. <laughs> I think Adam's on Spotify. Okay. It's so, it's so funny. Here we go. No, that's not it. Dang it. Where's Mikey? Here he is. Welcome back to our podcast, Two Yoke Girls, where Lorraine and I sit around, Jillian, and <laughs> talk about all the things uh, that matter in our yoga life outside of our yoga life. Does that make any sense? <laughs> yes, all the I'm things. On our life, yoga, all the things. Yes. Um, there, those are phone calls. The, all the things happening the right things. in the middle of this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but we wanted to jump on because we were inspired, so inspired from our last podcast with Belle. She's inspiring. Um, if you haven't listened to it, we just launched it. It was um, about kind of finding your life purpose and what is your through line, like cutting through the mess of what other people want and what society expects from you and figuring out what gives you purpose. And we tapped, touched, touched upon um, teacher training. And Belle mm -hmm. was like, why don't you tell people that this is a way that they can find their through line? Yeah. Um, and so here we are telling people that this is a way <laughs> to find your life purpose, really. Go well, ahead, so Lori. it was after we hit, um, after we thanked Belle and closed up the official episode that we really started talking about what happens in teacher training and it related to Belle's life too in terms of stepping out from behind the platform or the podium she referenced it in the podcast and it was a great new year's episode a really amazing way to think about how to launch yourself into what it is that you want and it's not that you have to have it done by now it's that you get to keep doing it and it's what we do a lot in teacher training it's this ongoing process of figuring out how to offer something that's authentic, how to find where you're the most authentic and what brought you to this place of wanting to look at yoga for 200 straight hours with other people who are taking it apart and putting it together and playing with the philosophy, the alignment, different theories, different ways that yoga hits people's bodies now um, as we live in this world with cell phones and computers and what does it mean when you take off your shoes and put that all of that aside and how do you offer it so that it lands and that's where it really got exciting I think for Belle and for us too yeah I so in full transparency I think I stopped and we stopped marketing teacher training as like um I think a couple years ago, mm -hmm. even more like a handful of years ago, the marketing became about um, like how it was life transforming mm -hmm. and you don't even have to become a teacher and you just sign up and it will change your life essentially was kind of the tagline. And it, be it started to feel, um, I don't know, like too overdone, but never disingenuine. Like I've always thought that teacher training changed my life and changes every single person's life in their training. I 
feel really strongly about that by the end, um, that there's a big shift for people, but it just felt, I don't know, almost even too sacred to like market, um, casually and almost disingenuous after a while, after people kept saying it so often. Well, I think from my, yes. And I think from my perspective, it started to feel a little like a bait and switch, like, oh, you don't have to want to teach, but I'm going to make you stand up and teach. And Mm. I'm going to give you the practical skills because every weekend I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your voice as much as I hear my voice so that it's not boring for either one of us. And so day one, you get up and put words around the practice of asana. So when we would get people there who are like, well, I just don't want to teach. I felt like they didn't get the whole experience and they were in a real place that was going to teach you how to teach. And so it would be this frustrating thing of almost missing the mark. And was like, Mm -hmm. well, I was just here to change my life. I don't need to lead a yoga class to do that, do I? And so that's when it felt like, listen, you're in a working yoga studio and you get to use these walls to figure out what it means to teach yoga. So yes, the way we structure it will help you bump up against the things that limit you. Right. And in order to continue on, you will need to move those obstacles that are in your head or in your way. And yes, you will leave changed and you will be able to invite your friends and family to a community class that you are teaching. So I think that's why we started to make it really practical because that's what we're doing. Well, yeah, but we don't, so like, we don't care if they walk away and ever teach a yoga class again. Right. They can at the end, but we don't, the tool of having them stand up in front of people and speak things that they don't normally say or do is a tool that breaks down a wall or a barrier that helps move them through life. And I think that's what makes it so transformative. So we don't want people coming in and saying, oh, I was just going to change my life. I'm not going to stand up and and right. do that. I'm going to sit here and listen. It is fully interactive for a reason. Like mm. it does require you to dig deep to get way out of your comfort zone. Even if you're used to some, being somebody who like stands up in front of people and gives presentations at work or um, whatever on the PCO, it's not the same, right? Mm. It's something, it's a whole new language for a lot of people. It's a a pattern or a repetition, a a way of speaking that is different. And so it really does, it puts you in a position that makes you vulnerable. Mm. And through that vulnerability, you're able to move through it, to find out what's really important to you. And then to build up the confidence or even go in a different direction. Yeah. So I think it's a hugely important tool for them to be able to, to stand up and get out of their comfort zone. Um, and that's why we don't, we don't kind of just let people sit back and watch. Right. Well, and I would argue that that idea also helped to inform the creation of the gratitude adjustment, the idea of showing up, being present, 
learning some of the tools that are life-changing if and when you practice them, but not having to get up there and teach a yoga class, I think that's where that container came from. Mm -hmm. And I see similar transformations where people are surprised at their ability to connect and plug in and change. And it comes from the consistency of showing up and really being present with things that are powerful like breath and meditation and community. Um, so I think both of them work in these really amazing ways to create change that can be enjoyable, subtle, challenging, and they create vulnerability. But just like teacher training, you can't just sit back and kind of be there without jumping in and participating. So I think we have two places where that transformation happens and where you really can find your through line. And I think they they can and often do work together. So once a teacher finishes teacher training, I think I often think of the gratitude adjustment as some continuing education where when they're teaching, if they lose their practice a little bit because now they're teaching more, they can recommit to the understanding of breath work and meditation and have a place to land and even process what it is they're doing when they're teaching or when they're sort of shifting gears from teaching to being with their families and in their communities. So I think they're both really interesting and have similar elements that create change that is surprising to people. Like I think you pick something to become, you know, yoga teacher training to become a teacher, um, the gratitude adjustment to change some habits and both leave you feeling like you found your through line and something way more meaningful than you, than what you signed up for. Yeah. Cause I think, I think finding your life purpose takes work mm -hmm. and it takes like a dedication and uh, to the exploration of who you are and what you have to offer the world. I, so many of us, especially going into a teacher training, are curious about that. Like, who am I and what do I have to offer? Um, because yoga has clearly touched you in some way and you know that and that you want to share it is typically why people come to it, but you don't know how. And so the through like the standing up and the speaking and the getting vulnerable through the tools that we use same in the GA as they are in the teacher training, like learning breath work, figuring out how your nervous system works, mm -hmm. um, putting in the time to practice either meditating or practice yoga. Um, it's the GA and, but the 200 hours you like, you're committing a huge chunk of time to learning about your body and other people's bodies, how it works and, um, and actually doing it. I think mm. that's the big difference. Like you can sit around and think about it, but like you said, like it's the commitment to it. Um, and at the end, at the end of 200 hours, we're asking you to know why and what you're presenting to people and mm. not just like out of your mouth, but the energy that you're putting out because you come in there knowing you want to give something to somebody or to explore something of your own. And so in the end, like, are you clear enough about what that is that you're giving? And I think that's what is feels so amazing about the 200 hour and the GA, like you get these tools to be able to do that. 
The other thing I really like is it's a self-selected group of people. You, it's similar minded people mm. searching for some similar things. And so it creates a group that has maybe a baseline of language or similar intentions, but we're not the same. So it creates really amazing conversations and this way of being able to listen and learn and also an open invitation to participate and share. And I think in those places, that is something that is unexpected. You sign up, perhaps thinking that it's about you. And then there's a little bit of a turn of the table is it becomes about something bigger. And it was a little bit like what Bell talked about. You can start with something that feels like it's about you, but it will have more staying power and it feels like a cleaner burning fuel or a longer burning fuel if it expands beyond just you and out into a bigger, broader community. And I think that's where inspiration really comes from. That's where that perspective comes from. You start to care about people who may have been complete strangers at one point, but because you keep getting together with a similar goal, you start to care and something about that connection changes you forever. And now people who were just in a yoga class with you or who are in a group like the gratitude adjustment with you are part of your circle that you check on, that you connect with, that check on you. And so it's that whole thing about life. We're not meant to do it alone. I think about this with meditation too. We're not meant to do it alone because if we do it, we'll start to feel lonely. And those are the places where there's rich connection. When we start to share what happens in meditation, when you close your eyes, what's actually going on, it looks like everybody's peaceful in there, but it could be this tumultuous happening in your brain. And so when you share it, it, it feels like, oh, I'm not the only one who closes their eyes and suddenly the waves are crashing over me and it sort of feels like I might sink. You feel that too? Oh, so much relief that that's normal and that we can play with that, invite it in and almost work with that baseline of things that made me feel separate at one point. It's no longer what leaves you separate and it's actually what connects you. Yeah. And it's all, you're all feeling I mean, even if that's the beautiful thing about like getting up and teaching because you're Mm. all feeling bumpy and learning something new. So it creates this um, like wearing away of all of the other things that don't matter. And you're all kind of in this same boat at the same time. And you have to trust the people in the room Mm. and you do so quickly. It's so crazy. Um, and they end up walking away fast friends in the end, like Mm -hmm. even people who you would never think would be friends or have a connection. They do like, they Mm -hmm. just can connect over having learned something together and broke down the walls of what it takes to learn that thing together. Um, it's, it's a really cool process. 
Well, and I think life is a great equalizer. Once you start talking about life and the things that are important to you, it doesn't matter what you've done or achieved or where you live or what you drive. And Bella said this to me before, it feels like that in yoga. You don't know what anybody does. Everybody's barefoot kind of, you know, there's there's not much separating you from other people in the room in terms of status or, you know, what university you went to. None of that matters when you step into a yoga class or when you step into teacher training. It strips that stuff away. So you get to more of the deeper places of what drives us and why. And then and then that's it. You know, you have to trust the other people. All of you are equally nervous. You're trying to figure things out. So it is a level playing field. And when it's a level playing field, it's so much easier to connect. Mm. And that's the beauty of learning from other people. You love them for who they are, not what they do or what they can offer you or where they've been. It's really just who they are. And it people have to be listeners as well as share. And there's something about that too that balances out the energy. Um, because both are equally important. Just like in meditation, there's room to get quiet and actually listen, even if we're very excited to share or give or teach. It creates a balance between teacher and student, between you, what you want, and who you actually are. It's it's amazing. And it's hard every time we start a teacher training, or I think when we started the program, we could create the syllabus and what we were doing and what the you know, whole curriculum look like, but it felt really tricky to include those connections that are magical. And it happens once people get in a room together. And once we start doing the things that are yoga, so the meditation, the breath work, the mindfulness, the articulation of postures, the anatomy, and the magic just comes from that place. And it surprises me every single time. Yes, I know. And it's so funny because the game plan always changes too, Mm. because there's like something that happens at different times and you have to be willing to be flexible with it. And, um, but it somehow always works out in the end. (laughs) Seriously. Everybody walks away feeling like, oh, wow. Like something has changed, whether or not it's their own personal practice. It's about the way that they look at who they are, or what they're offering the world. If it's a career change, like something shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't think that that can't be done in other ways. Like if you were going to do 200 hours of intensive therapy or like, um, or group therapy, or I think you're going to see changes when you commit yourself to understanding um, tools that can help you and help you realize who you are. And that's just, that's what the training does. Mm. And it ends up turning out really good teachers. Yes. Yeah. And humans, really good humans. Yeah. Well, they're already good humans. They just come in. But I think that, yes. So in the GA, I think that's where we really see that humanness and how we are consciously facing life and how we want to be when things get challenging Mm. or when things are wonderful. Like I love when people celebrate each other's wins too, just as much as they hold you when it's, when it's not going so great. Yeah. We went through a whole like couple weeks, remember a couple months or a couple key people in the GA who like thought a lot about like almost feeling guilty when things were going well 
Mm. And how do, how do we like celebrate each other's and live in the moments of when things are going well? It's so yeah. funny because even that can feel like a challenge. Well, and that's when we brought that tool, vicarious joy. You only, So there's this theory that you only get so much joy in your life, but you'll get more if you share your joy with others and you share others' joy. And so your limited amount is no longer limited and it keeps expanding. And just like how you get excited when somebody else has a baby or when somebody's engaged mm-hmm. or um, when they have just an amazing moment, a beautiful vacation, suddenly that openness in your own heart allows you to experience a little more of a bounce and a boost in your life too. Mm. It's good stuff. Yeah. All right. So you probably have to get lunch. I have to walk the dog. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Thank you for taking the time, Jill. It's such good stuff. Yay. I'll see you at teacher training. Yes. So many of our Which is beginning. Yeah. When is that? There's one kicking off. March. Do you remember March? I have it written here somewhere. March 10th. That's a good date. Yes, March 10th. And uh, the GA is constantly in motion and there's an open invitation for people to join. Um, So take a look, get in here. We want you to be part of all the things that we do. And so with that, I will play somebody who has been through our teacher training, who promises to come back on our podcast, who's amazing and we love, and his name is Michael Borgonzano. And so here is Be a Bee with Mikey Bikes and just a little teaser for him. He has a new album coming out, so we'll be sure to get him on the podcast and make sure that you are in the know about all things relating to our favorite people and LPY. So take care. Have a good one. We'll see you soon.